0: And welcome to the Driver Hire podcast. My name's Tony from Driver Hire Croydon and Sutton. Hello, I'm Gary from Driver Hire in Colchester. And we decided to get together to create a series of regular podcasts for people who want to know more about Driver Hire, but principally to provide hints, tips and tricks to help our drivers be the very best that they can be. Hi Gary, how you doing? Very well, Tony. You're looking good. Well, uh, likewise. Stop flirting, Gary. Yes, likewise. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's been a it's been a little while I've not seen you since um, well before Christmas. Yes,
1: and my hair's grown so long. I'm sitting here looking myself in this Zoom meeting, and I realise I need to go and see a barber, unlike yourself. <laughs>
0: uh, well, yes. <laughs> well, barber, yes, maybe for other reasons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, uh, well, I mean, I, I trust, uh, I trust Santa looked
1: after you. Oh, he, he was very kind. He he bought me lots of good goodies but for the household, such as Huey Lights that have all gone around the TV and lovely cooking utensils and all cooking things, all the things I needed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I yes, excellent. Good. okay well i mean yes it, it yeah it is um it is our first uh, our first catch up since uh, since new year uh, so happy new year everybody listening as well um although i guess we're probably nearer february than december at the moment um so um so what's the plan for today gary well we've got to talk about the new highway code changes yeah so um so yeah it's um it's certainly current in the news now i'm not entirely sure whether we this is going to get published just after the rules have changed or just before so if we go past tense or future tense in this conversation apologies but um yeah it, it's going to be about the same time as the rules change so so yes so um the highway codes had a great big consultation um uh from 2020 um and some some new rules come into effect um well this weekend
1: yeah even if we're a little bit later tony Hopefully, we'll have the more facts than some of the things I've been seeing out there and all the, the falsies I've been seeing, the fake news that someone else would put out there already. I just don't understand how these people get all these fake information.
0: <laughs> well, I have to say, I've read some quite extraordinary things as well, uh, getting ready for this. That, um, there's a lot of uh, sensationalism and scaremongering. But in reality, I think what we have here is a is an evolution of the Highway Code, um, it's you know bringing it up to date, recognizing you know the the change in road use and, and making making provision for it. And I think ultimately, you know, one of the government's main aims is to promote active travel. So things we can do to make more vulnerable road users like uh, cyclists and pedestrians feel safer, then surely that's got to be a good thing.
1: Oh, very much so. I mean, it's something we both champion through our podcasts and videos, is. Helping the vulnerable road users, um, mm. and we're both HGV drivers. We're both cyclists, though I don't look like one. Um, <laughs> and it is to improve safety, um, and in it, this, it can't
0: but help us all. Mm. So, um, so in preparation for this, I had a look back at the history of the Highway Code, and it has changed many, many times over the years. Uh, or evolved is a better word than changed um, because the the basic principle of the highway code has always been the same It's a common set of rules to keep everybody safe. Um, But, um, but I I found some interesting stuff. So uh, apparently the first sort of predating the first highway code uh, in 1920, uh, there was a a departmental committee on motor vehicle regulation um, and they created a compulsory and uniform code of signals for all road vehicles so, sorry, Tony. Were you involved in helping writing that? I um, I'll, I'll just let that one just pass by. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> so this um, so this evolved out of um, so so what happened in London was that motorists obviously there wasn't that many cars on the road in 1920, but what motorists had done was they just created their own way of kind of signaling to each other and. British cars, of course, had the steering wheel on the right-hand side because we were passing offside to offside. And so it was very easy to stick the right arm out the window to signal a right turn. Um, and that, um, that waving up and down of the arm that's still in the Highway Code to, to indicate slowing down and stopping, that was just created amongst motorists trying to find a way to communicate with each other. But interestingly, in, in those regulations, um, they, they kind of formalised that. And it said that you could use your... Own arm or a dummy arm to signal with. A dummy arm. A dummy arm. <laughs> yeah. So so I had to look at this twice. So so um, so this the, the reason for the dummy arm was because you had some luxury cars that were enclosed, and not all cars were enclosed in those days, but luxury cars were. And so a dummy arm actually um is one of these um arms that pops up at the side of the car with, with an indicator on the end. Um, now these are called, um, trafficators Uh (laughs) Uh (laughs) and, and I actually remember, and, and as a kid growing up in the seventies, not the twenties, thank you, Gary, as a kid growing up in the seventies, I actually remember there were some, there were very old cars, even then that actually had, um, these, these trafficators that would pop up to, 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 to make the signal
1: Remember those. I do, I remember the trafficators, and if you said trafficators on this, I don't know exactly what you meant, but dummy arms, no. I just thought of a a dummy from... Like a, like a mannequin <laughs> or something
0: <laughs> <laughs> just so take, take a take a mannequin fr, from a shop and just stick his arm out the window instead of yours yes <laughs> uh, so um so yeah and, and the other reason was that actually um the motor industry that well there wasn't that many manufacturers and so um there were cars brought in from other countries where the steering wheel would be on the left hand side and so you needed some kind of mechanism to be able to put something out the right-hand side of the car to, to indicate a right turn. So so that's where that came from. And, yeah. then, and technology's changed a little bit since 1920s. Uh, well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it has.
1: In, in fact, I had a Tesla last week and things have definitely changed. There was a lack of buttons in a Tesla. Uh, it, it, I didn't like it, to be honest, because there is, it makes your Doris look <laughs> totally different. <laughs>
0: So how do you operate a Tesla? Is it thought control or something? you speak to it. You
1: change what use windscreen wipers, and the windscreen wipers comes on. You you can you touch the big screen and use it, and but there is no actual stalk to put the windscreen wipers on, apart from a press a button for the wipe. Um, But it's not the same. And I didn't quite get to grips with it. it. Wasn't the be all and end all for me, I must say.
0: Oh, so, you, so this was a this was a test drive. This wasn't
1: a purchase. Yeah, yeah. I, I was lucky enough to I was given it for a week. It, it right. was it was fun, and my wife loved it. Okay. Yeah, and it's got great technology. There's no getting away from it. When I sat for three hours outside a hospital waiting to pick a friend up, um, and Netflix on a great big fifteen-inch screen, fantastic. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> And and I didn't pay for that Netflix. It was all on there. But so there's great technology. But we're, we're sidetracking here,
0: Tony. But <laughs> we have, yeah. So anyway, so the first the first actual Highway Code was introduced in 1931, um, and and that was part of the 1930 Road Traffic Act, uh, and it sold for one penny. um So uh, a massive investment back in 1931 um but um but it's but it's had various evolutions along the way so just you know just a um a summary of those um of course when the when the first um highway code came out there wasn't any motorways so motorway driving was introduced to the highway code um after the introduction of the first motorway um 1968 um highway code included photographs for the first time um and the continental style road signs were taken into account in that 1968 edition and those continental style road signs are the uh, iso standard that we that we know today that we've um we've talked about on previous podcasts. um 1978 introduced the green cross code you remember the green cross code gary oh,
1: yes very very much so a, a big man and um, he believe he went on to play um darth vader but they didn't use his voice because he come from the Plymouth or the southwest area. I can't remember his name whatsoever.
0: I, I think, um, answers on a postcard if I'm wrong, I think it may have been David Prowse. Wait, how do you remember everything, Tony? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so the the yeah, the yeah the, I suppose the, the, the most modern evolution of the Highway Code, going back to the subject we're here for, um, was when it became an electronic app in 2012. So... So, really, I mean, I, you know, we're having a bit of fun with the history of it, yeah. but, but really, these changes that are, uh, are coming out this weekend are really just the next step in the evolution of the highway code.
1: Yeah. And it's something, it needs changing and updating because we've got cycle paths we see being put in place all the time. I um, mean, you walk into work. I guess four or five times a week, don't you, Tony? I do. And yeah. you, you live in a very built-up area and the rules have changed come Monday. You 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 should be a safer person to walk in as well. Hope so.
0: <laughs> and this is part of the government's um active travel initiative. Um, there's an investment of 338 million um to boost cycling and walking. And and the you know, the benefit of that is to help reduce congestion certainly help with pollution, and help um, individual fitness as well. And um, an interesting stat that I found prepping for this uh, episode, Gary, um, is that in 2020, the number of miles travelled by cyclists in this country has increased by 46%, and that is um, equivalent to the previous 20 years of increase combined. So clearly that's going to have something to do with COVID, um, because you know we're, we're in, you know that's the, the height of the pandemic, and maybe people who were were on furlough maybe took more exercise, but I also wonder, and this is just me speculating. Now, you know, is it more desirable to be on a push bike than it is in a bus? Potentially, you know, sub, subjecting yourself to COVID.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, for example, is it better to travel a few miles? Um, by bike than it is by go by train i know someone who bought electric uh push bike and use that much better than go by train because he mm. finds that's much easier to do if he possibly can um mm. he done it for health reasons as well so yeah. you're right there tony and it's just looking across the board to help each other to get fitter as well
0: yeah and i suppose you know if you are going to be somebody sat, sat there stuck in a traffic jam trying to get to work in the morning you need to look out the window and see that cycling or walking looks enjoyable for you to want to make that change so so part of that 338 million it's not just about changing the highway code it's about introduction of cycle lanes it's introduction of safe parking for your bike at, at uh, railway stations all that kind of thing um so you know it's, it's a it's a whole raft of things um to try and encourage this active travel
1: yeah so so there's a lot of changes coming in in this new highway code where mm. we've got to concentrate on what they call the hierarchy ones, Tony, is that right?
0: Uh yeah. So there's 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 three specific rules I think we'll get into. There's a couple of other things. I mean, in, in reality, there's there's 49 rules have changed and some new amendments. Uh, we're not going to sit here and read out 49 rules of the Highway Code uh, because some of them are just uh, slightly different emphasis, slightly different wording. Um, you know, obviously, uh, professional drivers should understand the Highway Code. And, and of course, please do um, either online through that app or you know buy yourself a copy of the highway code and and do update yourself but but yeah i think we should probably just concentrate not on the not on those 49 but just the 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 key things um um, and just before we uh, dig into it just in case you happen to be listening to this podcast in northern ireland the new highway code applies to scotland wales and england only and in northern ireland there's a there's a their own version of the highway code um, so, um, so obviously, what we're talking about here doesn't necessarily apply to you unless, of course, you happen to be driving on the mainland. Um, so, uh, so thing number one then, Gary, is this new concept, which is a hierarchy of road users. Yeah, something I've not really heard of before. It's a, I think it's a good way of
1: concentrating the mind of what we're talking about now. We're not going to just say cyclists, pedestrians... Mm-hmm. Is hierarchy so who we're concentrating and or who's got priority what we're talking about now
0: so so what they've done is they've created seven categories of road user um going from the most vulnerable and therefore the most in need of protection um through to um you know the least vulnerable and those have the ability um to do the most harm to others and those seven categories, in order from uh, vulnerable to um, ability to do most harm, are pedestrians, cyclists, horse riders, motorcyclists, cars and taxis, vans and minibuses. And the seventh one, as you'd expect, is heavy goods vehicles and large passenger vehicles. And what this concept is, um, is it's kind of used. Throughout all the other 49 rule changes, it, it's this concept of responsibility um, that's threaded through the whole of the Highway Code now. And what we're basically saying here is that the more um, more ability you have to do harm to other people, um, the more responsibility you need to take to protect those people all the way along that chain of that hierarchy. So in the same way that you would expect a professional large goods vehicle driver to look out for, you know, cars, motorcyclists, you know, whatever, in fact, all other road users, but that works its way down. So, so, you know, even within the Highway Code now, it talks about how cyclists need to protect pedestrians. Um, And if, for example, you've got a shared pedestrian and cycleway, and and we saw that in the last video that we shot, if you recall, on that Toucan crossing, you know, what the highway code specifically now says is that cyclists must give way to the pedestrian and you'll see that that uh, hierarchy and one type of road user looking after another all the way through the new highway code so
1: when I'm out cycling I would give priority to the pedestrian
0: exactly yeah exactly um and and you'll see that in in various examples throughout the highway code so that's that's the first principle it's called highway code rule h1 um hierarchy of road users so that's it's it's more of a principle that feeds everything else so um the second thing rule h2 is um is about priorities for pedestrians um and this is something where um, we were shooting our last video, and we were talking about this on zebra crossings. You know, at, at that time, at the point we shot the video, the highway code said that the um, that the road, uh, sorry, the motorist gives way to the pedestrian once they're on the crossing. But the highway code also says that the p- pedestrian shouldn't go on the crossing until the cars um, um, slow down or stop to give way to them, which creates a you know an illogic yeah. impasse, illogical impasse, doesn't it? Um, but the Highway Code now is, is a lot, lot clearer about that. And, and it says that you should give way um, to somebody that's looking to cross the crossing. So so the other thing to do with pedestrian priority is about, um, about road junctions. Now, this is a, a, a change, you know, a very significant change to the Highway Code, um, which is if you imagine as a as a car or lorry or motorcyclist or even a cyclist, driving down a main road and wanting to turn into a side road. Now, if you think about the road markings there, you've got a single dotted line um, going into the road as a give way line going in a double dotted line for the person coming out. And that single dotted line, it still means give way. It means give way to to other road users in that road. And the Highway Code always said um, that you should give way to pedestrians that are already in that road. Well, this is the change. The change now says that you should be giving way to that pedestrian, um, even if they haven't yet got into the road, but they look like they're wanting to cross. So um, so that really just is an extra level of care that you now take as a motorist to make sure that you're, you're not turning into that road when a pedestrian might wish to cross it. Because I
1: always thought, rightly or wrongly, because I'd done my highway code and I passed my test back in 1983 and we all forget things and everything else. When I turned left into the road, the person crossing had right of way. When I turned right, they they didn't. But that wasn't the case, was it? No, I
0: think you invented that in your mind, Gary.
1: Yeah, I don't know why I had that in my mind. So that's pretty pointless, wasn't it, then? <laughs>
0: Um, yeah. So, so really, it was simply about. Previously, it was simply about. Um, you know, was was that person in the road, or they just looked like they wanted to yeah, cross? Yeah. So, so if I was turning into the turning right into the
1: junction, if they were crossing the road, I had to wait, let them cross.
0: Mm-hmm. No,
1: if they're waiting, I should what wait and let them cross before turning into the road.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about this before in in terms of planning, and it is the case that a lot of the listeners to this podcast are drivers of uh, bigger, heavier vehicles, and have taken that extra level of, of training and testing. And you can't be driving a big vehicle without that forward planning anticipation. So it is the case that if if you've got somebody that looks like they're going to step into the road, you haven't got that that ability to to brake instantly like you would in a in a car. Um, so Actually, um, this level of anticipation and planning is something that professional drivers are probably doing anyway, and isn't a major change for them. It's just that the you know the legal priority has changed.
1: Yeah, there, there's something named behind it now. With the hierarchy, you have to read the body language, you've got anticipation, and there's a name behind it.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that so the the last of these these three specific rules that H3 is really about sort of formalizing the way in which professional drivers protect cyclists anyway. Um, But, you know, it is fair to say that cyclists are one of the most vulnerable road users and particularly when they fall foul of the, of the left turn. So, so, so this rule is all about making sure that no motorist causes a cyclist to, to, to slow down, stop or change direction. In particular, it's that coming alongside getting slightly ahead and then making a left turn so um you know it's 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 to protect the cyclist in that situation yeah basically don't don't
1: overtake the cyclist and then make them swerve to overtake you at a junction
0: mm yeah and you know it has to be said that the last thing you want to be doing on a push bike is going up the inside of a vehicle particularly a large vehicle um when when there is a left turn coming up um but the onus of responsibility here because of that hierarchy is shifting towards the the larger vehicle the one that can do the most harm okay so that those are the those are the key points um but i wrote a few other things down um i suppose the the biggest change for me in all of this is this h2 this one about um pedestrian priority because i would hate to think we had a situation that after the 29th of january a pedestrian boldly steps into the road knowing they've got priority and there's a car driver or truck driver van driver whatever motorcyclist turning into that road that hasn't yet heard these um new highway code rules and um And you end up having a you know having a a horrible situation because of it. So I think um, I think as a pedestrian, you still need to be showing a a decent level of caution because of course you still have responsibilities to yourself, even if you are the most vulnerable in that hierarchy. Um, So so that I I think is a point of concern. The other thing, a couple of other things that I wanted to pull out um, that aren't in those um, aren't in those specifics um, um, are safe passing distances so uh, they're now specified in the highway code so this is about when passing um, cyclists or horse-drawn vehicles um how much gap should you leave now um what the highway code is now saying is that at speeds of below 30 miles an hour you should leave a, a gap of one and a half meters and above 30 miles an hour a gap of two meters now i can't believe that a professional and or sensible motorists wasn't doing that anyway, but it now formalises that. Yeah.
1: And that's quite a gap. People don't realise you are moving from one lane into a second lane when you're overtaking a mm. cyclist or a horse. You are literally moving into the opposite lane to overtake something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, two metres is is more than the width of a car, isn't it? Yes, um, very much so. is not so, getting away from that. Yeah. So, um, so th- what this rule should do is to prevent um motorists squeezing through with oncoming traffic and, and forcing that cyclist close to the uh close to the curb. Um and then the other thing which I thought was quite amusing is I I've come up I've come up with a phrase <laughs> over the last few days that I've never heard before. Have you heard of a Dutch reach, Gary?
1: No, I've actually, I saw this in a demonstration either this morning or yesterday morning on the BBC News.
0: So um, so a Dutch reach for, for anybody that hasn't heard of this um, is, you, you, you see, you thought you knew how to open the door of your van or your truck or your car, but apparently you've been doing it wrong all along. Um, and although I'm laughing about the term, the, the idea is actually very, very serious. So what it says, think of yourself sitting in, driver's seat on the right hand side of your vehicle so obviously your driver's door is on your right um what this is saying is rather than opening the door with your right hand just turn your body and open the door with your left hand now what that does is it forces your body to turn um you know sort of half a rotation if you like which means that as you start to open the door in fact then the sounds just dip because i'm i'm physically doing this and moving my head away from the microphone but 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 as you're as you're doing this it's forcing your head to look into that blind spot where perhaps you might have a cyclist coming alongside the vehicle and and you might swipe with your door as you open it
1: yeah it's, it's stopping you taking a cyclist as they're coming past you instead of just opening it up the video i actually saw it was the wrist uh, door being opened and t- taking the cyclist out and um, yeah. unfortunate um, circumstances uh, yeah. from that side. But it was an interesting little um, take on how to do it. And it is a good little tip.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you would you would think, and what I've always done up to now, and I'm going to try this Dutch reach, but what I've always done up to now is to use my mirror before I open the door. Um, and, you know, and I accept that probably I should have been looking at the blind spot as well. But you make an interesting point when you say the rear passenger door because actually there is no mirror there for the rear passenger. And, and that um, would make a huge amount of sense. So, um, so uh, yeah, so that, those are the other things I wanted to throw into the mix without reading the full 49 changes out. Um, <laughs> but I have got some other stuff that I
1: found. And, and this is the Mythbusters we've got to touch on after watching a loads of rubbish going on Facebook of all these changes that are meant to be coming in that aren't true
0: oh well I, I'm, unfortunately gary what it is um there there is a lot of emotion about cyclists and you know and I, i've i've said this on podcasts and videos before i've said this to you in conversation so many times i don't think truck drivers have got a problem with cyclists in general i don't think cyclists have got a problem with truck drivers in general i think that truck drivers have a problem with bad cyclists And I think cyclists have a problem with bad truck drivers. And unfortunately, um, there's a small amount of of both uh, that cause problems. So so when you get something like changes to the highway code, which are uh, being perceived to give cyclists loads more... um, um you know power <laughs> um protection then, then then there's certain newspapers that have written some quite sensational stories about this kind of stuff and um uh, yeah there there is a bit of myth busting to do yeah. um, um so so we've got the new highway rule coming
1: out where cyclists are now allowed to ride to abreast apparently Tony <laughs> how, well, how long has that rule been in place
0: uh, well i think probably since the first version of the highway code gary uh, cyclists have always been able to ride to a, to a breast it's, in fact that highway code said that you should never ride more than two abreast um, but they should ride in single file on narrow or busy roads unless it's safer to ride to abreast so you could be the father of a small child and actually to protect the child, you might choose to ride to abreast, for example. <laughs>
1: um, but if we go back to the one and a half meters, you've got to come past a cyclist quite a way to overtake them. You're in the opposite lane anyway. If they're mm. riding to abreast, it's not an issue, is it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then the the other one that I've seen um over the last few days is this thing that says that cyclists now don't have to use cycle lanes. Really? <laughs> Well, why not <laughs> um so so basically um you know it, it's um it, it does say that cyclists m- may choose not to there might be circumstances certain circumstances where they may choose not to use a cycle lane and it may be that you know that cycle lane's not going the way they want to go um but that's always been in the highway code um it, it's you know we, we we if you think back to oh hang on was it episode Three or four when we did road signs, Gary. I can't remember. And we were talking about the, the different types of road signs. So, so you have the um the circular orders, you have the information signs, you have the warning signs. Um and a cycle lane is mandatory and it must be used by the cyclist if it if it sits within you know, the picture of the, the bike sits within the blue circle. Um, but an advisory cycle lane, which is one within the rectangle, um, it's a choice whether the cyclist uses it or not. And, um, and that hasn't changed, but it's been sensationalized a little bit in the press. So, Tony, um, these new changes, are they all laws? Well, it's, it's an interesting question. Um, so So the Highway Code, parts of it are law and parts of it are guidance. So if you read a Highway Code rule that says you must... Do something or you must not do something that is law and you know you're you're committing an offense by by doing or not doing that thing now if you see in the highway code the word should or should not that isn't law per se but don't relax about it treat it as a must and the reason why i say that is because um if you were to go to court on a should or should not um, then that would be used to determine liability. Um, so quite frankly, it comes to the same thing. It's just it's not um, you know, you're not committing a, a, a you know a, a a straightforward offense.
1: Yeah. So I shouldn't make a cyclist swerve.
0: <laughs> yeah. But if you do and you hurt the cyclist and you go to court, um that would definitely be It'd be action. likely
1: you have made a cyclist swerve. Yeah. You're likely yeah. to
0: lose. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so that's what I mean by, you know, treat musts and shoulds as, as effectively the same thing.
1: Okay. No, that's a simple way of looking at it and understanding
0: it. Hmm. So I suppose, you know, really just to, to wrap up, I guess, you know, what do we think of these new changes to the Code? I think they're good.
1: I've got nothing against them. They're, they're there to protect them. And we've championed looking after vulnerable road users, and this has just prioritised them. And give them a name that no one's given before.
0: I, I suppose my, my view, Gary, is um a professional driver that gives courtesy to other road users, particularly you know our drivers driving large vehicles, even vans, who are professional and thoughtful and give courtesy and protect vulnerable road users. Quite honestly, they'll be doing nothing different next week than they were doing this week. It's just that 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 you know, obvious need for courtesy has been formalized. For me, that that sums it up. Yeah, I agree agree 100% with you, Tony. Hmm. Okay.
1: Now, the the only thing I can say, Tony, is how many people will hear about it. That's the only issue I have with the change to the highway code.
0: Well, yeah, funny enough, um, I did read something from the AA this morning that said that, that they thought that one third of road users wouldn't know anything about these changes. Um, which is a slight worry. Um, I don't know what the cost of writing to every license holder in the country would be. And, you know, yes, of course, it is the case that you could have a motorist turning into a junction on Monday morning, not realizing that they should have given mm. way to the pedestrian that's just stepped out in front of them. Yes. Um, and that's a slight worry. I dare say this will be all over the news um, this weekend. Um, and, of course, you know, the the multiple millions of people that listen to our podcast will have just learnt it as well. Well, well, my wife's a good example. She said, What
1: is the change of the highway code? And I said, Well, listen to my podcast and you'll know.
0: <laughs> um, so um, so you know, I, I think um, you know, I think anybody that 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 you know is a is a driver, knows about the changes, should talk about this to their to their friends and colleagues because there will be people that haven't picked up on it yet, and it's definitely worth a conversation.
1: Yeah, I agree. Any way we can get out there and tell people through social media podcasts. Through any forum is great.
0: Yeah, of course. Of
1: course. Good. Excellent, Tony. Thank you very much for your input and knowledge as normal. And uh, how you remember all their names, I'll never know. (laughs) And your dummy arm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So if you've enjoyed it, please do rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you next time. You've been listening to the Driver Hire podcast and thank you very much. And as goodbye from myself, Gary Riches, at the Colchester office. And from me, Tony Gosher, at the Croydon and Sutton office. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at thedriverhirepodcast.co.uk. Thank you very much for your time. Bye-bye.